0: Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife, Simone, we are the Senior Pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message.
1: Hey, in 1 Peter 4, it says in verse 12, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Suffering, that word has a lot of things attached to it. It's a jam-packed word. And this word actually, how could we rejoice when there's suffering? But when we dig into some things today, I believe that God's going to reveal some stuff for us that's going to allow us to mature in our walk with him and grow in our faith. See, this word suffering used here in 1 Peter 4 and the scripture that I'm going to read a little bit later on actually speaks of something deeper than just going through suffering in itself. See, this particular word in the original language speaks of a believer, a Christian who goes through affliction. And that affliction is most always ideally meant to lead to reveal God's glory. It's meant to actually lead us to see more of God's glory. When I was here in Australia, I gave my life to God over 10 years ago. And after I responded to the gospel call and gave my life to Jesus Christ, I had some amazing people that were surrounded around me. One of those is Pastor Luke. And I had such a covenant family here in Australia for a couple of months. But after a couple of months, we had to move back to the United States. And after moving back to the United States, I began to have some extreme afflictions that I started to go through. I began to have family members who ostracized me. I had friends that I had known pretty much my entire life that began to make fun of me, criticize me, and even cut me out of the life, all because I had decided to follow Jesus Christ. And it was in those days and months where I began to have uncertainty of that decision. I began to ask God and question, why would he bring me from such a place of favor and community into a place of a black hole type environment where I just felt alone, confused, and isolated? But looking back on those days and that time, I can now actually thank God for those days because I came to see that it was in those moments. I had some of the deepest revelations, God encounters and moments of encouragement by the spirit of God and the word of God that have matured me to who I am today. See, it was at the very beginning of my walk with God that I realized it's not just the favor and God's blessings, but also the afflictions that we go through that God will use to mature us and equip us for the life that he's called us to. I want to say today, afflictions can either become stumbling blocks or stepping stones in your faith. And at the very outset, I do just want to know that it would be inaccurate to think that in one sermon on one day, we can actually cover the fullness of the complexities and difficulties of this issue. But I know that the Holy Spirit, even in the midst of any unanswered questions and emotions that arise, he will reveal further truth and hope for you, and he will continue to heal what needs to be healed in you. Every human being. go through suffering and pain here on earth. But the issue for us as believers comes when we begin to have an inaccurate view of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. See, if we have an inaccurate view of the hope that we have, problems arise. What happens if we have an inaccurate view of our faith and hope in Jesus Christ? What can happen is that every affliction you face can become a stumbling block in your faith. You can go ahead and open up your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. This is going to be our main text for today. Context this letter is the Apostle Paul is writing to a church that he was a part of planting. And there's some believers there that he's writing to that are in the midst of affliction. But there's also some things going on that are being declared and spoken over him. I'm going to read in verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly, In Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. Verse 8, Paul speaking, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, of the afflictions we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, But on God who raises the dead, he delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. You know, part of the reason that Paul's writing to the Corinthian church here is that as he's moved on and continued to plant other churches and advance the kingdom of God, there's a group of individuals that have come into the church and they've begun to try and convince the believers here that the suffering and the afflictions that Paul and his companions go through is an indication that God is not with them and that he's not a true apostle. And yet Paul is writing to them saying this, that his afflictions are not a contradiction of his calling, but they are a confirmation of his dependence upon God. See, afflictions will become a stumbling block for you and I if we believe that following Jesus means we will never go through any difficulties. The reason is because if we believe that, then when we actually come to a point where we come into some discomfort, we begin to believe and think that following Jesus is not worth it. And so what happens if we think that Jesus, following Jesus, sorry, is not worth it, is we will go back to or find something new or someone else to put our comfort in. Not only that, but afflictions would become a stumbling block for you and I if we believe the lie that suffering means that God is not with us or he does not care about us. Because if we believe this lie, what ends up happening is we begin to distance ourselves from God, beginning to wonder in unbelief, is he actually who he says he is? Is he actually who I believe that he is? And we begin to distance ourselves from God. What ends up happening is in the distance from God, our heart becomes a little bit more hardened by that. And as our heart is hardened, we begin to distrust God. And if we distrust God, then we begin to place our hope and our trust in something else. But what you and I need to realize is that these lies do not have their origin in God. These lies have their origin in the plans of the devil that you and I would begin to live our life distance from God and trying to find comfort and hope in other things because when we distance ourselves from God and it becomes a stumbling block, what ends up happening is we end up finding ourselves in a place of no real peace, hope, or comfort. See, I wonder today how many of us believe the lie that God is not for us because of what you're going through or what you have gone through. I wonder how many of us have maybe in the last year, months, weeks, days, or minutes begun to realize that what we've put our trust in has no real lasting hope. Some of the greatest lies that have infected the culture of this world and contempt us as believers is that pain and afflictions must mean that there is no God. Or if there is a God, he doesn't know about it in personal force. He doesn't care about it. He doesn't really care about us. Or if he does know and he does care, he can't do anything about it. And the devil wants us to also believe this lie because for whatever reason, this lie tempts us to think that for some reason that a better idea, conclusion, or strategy is to think that removing God from the equation is a better conclusion, And yet one Christian apologist puts it like this. Removing God from the equation does not remove pain and suffering. It leaves them untouched. But removing God does remove something else. Namely, any kind of ultimate hope. See, if we have an inaccurate view of the hope we have in Jesus... It can become a stumbling block in our faith because we will tend to find our comfort in something else and what we put our comfort in we end up trusting in and what we trust in whether we're aware of it or not that is what our hope is built upon and we see the catastrophic disaster of this decision each and every year as individuals make the life-ending decision based out of a place of hopelessness because it was found in the economy it was found in their health it was found in a relationship and the hopelessness leads to a point deciding that there is no reason to live. It is an eternally impacting decision because if we believe the lie, then that stumbling block leads us to turn away from God, beginning to reject a faith in Him. But I believe that hope is going to be restored today. See, what can happen... If we trust in God, regardless of what happens to us, what can happen is afflictions can become divine stepping stones in our walk with God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Verse five, for as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. The devil wants you to begin to think that you cannot trust God, to distance you from him. But I want to tell you today, God reveals in his word and by his spirit that he not only knows about you, he cares about you. See, what does Paul declare in his revelation, even going through afflictions and sufferings? He had a deeper revelation of who God was because of his sufferings, and it was based upon his hope in Jesus Christ. But what does Paul declare? He declares that God is the father of mercies. When we dig into this word, mercies, that's used there, what we see is that God actually has a visceral compassion for you. This word speaks that God has a visceral compassion for you. He has deep feelings because of what you are going through, and he shares in those, and he shows himself up in those so that we can encounter him. He's the father of mercies. He is the God of all comfort. You know what this describes? It doesn't just describe you getting a uh, comfort hamper in the mail where you get a knock on the door, and you're like, who is it? Don't know who'd be visiting me at this day and hour. You open the door and you're like, oh, it's a lovely box. You open the box and it's like thinking of you, here's your comfort hamper, some chocolate, like we need more of that, some tea, some foot massage, pebbles, some bath soap we can chuck in there and those things are great and they're necessary to have some relaxation but this is not what Paul's talking about. He's not talking about being in the midst of a prison and another so of the Corinthian church sent him a gift hamper during lockdown restrictions. No, he's declaring that the God of comfort is this, God is the author and the bestower of comfort. See, a revelation that you and I can have when our hope is firmly in Jesus is that despite what's happening to us, we don't just get comfort from God. He's actually with us. The author and bestower of comfort Isaiah 49, 13 says this, Sing for joy, O heavens, and exult, O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing. Why? Because the Lord has comforted his people, and he will have compassion on his afflicted. In afflictions, one of the main things that we need to remember is that God cares for us, and God is with us. The afflictions can become a divine stepping stone in our maturity in God when we realize that our hope in Him is not based upon our circumstance. A hope despite our circumstance. Charles Spurgeon said this, God is too good to be unkind, and He's too wise to be mistaken. And so when we cannot trace His hand, we have to trust in His heart. Hebrews 4 declares this of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every response has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. We can honestly be tempted, every single one of us, to believe that there is no hope left because of what we are going through. And yet, time and time again, from century to century, God proves himself faithful to comforting his people, to having compassion on the afflicted. I want to tell you today, what you are going through does not need to be a stumbling block for you. God cares about you. He is with you. Even if you feel like you've been given a death sentence, you need to hear today. Even in the midst of things going on right now, you can actually be pulled into a deeper revelation of God's goodness and of his presence. See, Paul, when he was in the midst of affliction, he declares, we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. We need to hear this today, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. You need to hear that today. He delivered us from such a deadly peril. Guess what? And he will deliver us. Our hope can be in God that he will deliver us again. See, our afflictions can become a divine stepping stone when we realize that it's in the midst of our afflictions our dependency upon god can grow even more it's often when we come to the end of ourselves we're reminded of our need for a savior we're reminded of our need for the hope that's in Jesus Christ, as we heard in communion today, we are unwilling to re- we are unworthy. Sorry to receive what Christ has done for us. Yet He became sin for us, bearing the weight of that. We are always in need of a Savior, not just in a point of salvation, but to live by grace each and every day. Afflictions can remind us of our need for God. Our hope in God goes far beyond our circumstance. You know, when Hannah was pregnant with our first child, we didn't know if it was boy or girl at the time. And uh, we are praying and believing for a supernatural childbirth. We are praying and believing that through that, it would be a testimony of prayer and a testimony of God's goodness to people in our world that we were sharing our faith with. And so we had brought some people on in the journey in that. And uh, I just need to tell you today, it did not go anything like we thought. She was weeks overdue. And we get into the birthing suite. And after hours of being induced and going through the process, there came a point where the medical team came in rather calmly for what ended up happening. And they said, hey, we need to move you down to the surgical room. We need to move you down to surgery. And so they brought us down to surgery. One thing after another led to the point where they had to put Hannah in a different room. I had to stay outside in a chair. And they said, hey, there's a lead surgeon that's going to be coming in. And that lead surgeon needs to assess the situation. Thinking to myself, what situation? We're having a baby what needs to be assessed in the situation they didn't fully share all the complications at the time but I'm sitting in this chair waiting uncertain of what's happening with my wife and soon-to-be child I'm praying in the other room and time and time goes by and I begin to be honest begin to have doubt and questions with God I'm like, god not only does this look nothing like what we thought it would look but I don't actually know if my wife's gonna make it through this I don't know if the child that we've been praying for is gonna make it through this and it felt like this a tsunami of emotions and doubt began to come over me. And then I remembered the goodness of God. And something like this became to come out of my words. I said, God, I trust in you. God, I declare that no matter what happens, your will shall be done. That wisdom would reign in that room. And even a lead surgeon who may or may not know you would be led by you. Wow. Time continued to go by. Eventually, someone grabbed me. They brought me to the room. Within a minute or two of being in that room, for the very first time, we got to meet Zephaniah Daniel Osborne. It's not even the end of the story because past that point, Hannah began to go through excruciating pain that she shouldn't have been able, shouldn't have gone through. But after that kind of stuff was sorted and we go up to the room, we found out from the medical team that the lead surgeon came into the room. And the issue was that his vital signs were dropping quite drastically throughout the entire process. And the person apparently just some team just said, well, I guess we just need to do a cesarean. And it was only after the cesarean that they realized the issue for the problem. They realized that the issue and the problem was that his umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck twice. Meaning that if they had made a different decision, it's very likely that what we would have today and what we know today would be drastically different. And when we heard the news again in that moment, we were overcome by the goodness of God. Again, knowing that we can trust in Him. It didn't look like anything that we thought it would look like. And yet again, knowing that His ways are greater, His thoughts are higher, and our prayers that day were answered just not. The way that we thought they would be. That became a stepping stone for Hannah and I. Since that point in date, there's complications with the second child with Oliver. We had to draw back upon that day. We've had to draw back upon these stepping stones in our faith to know that God is good even when things don't look good. The reality of his comfort coming in the midst of affliction. I'm telling you today, we've had to draw back upon these crucible moments, reminding ourselves that no matter what's going on around about us, through the stepping stones of maturity in faith, God is still for us. You know, we, come, we came to experience and realize is that not only has that affliction and those afflictions become stepping stones for us and equipped us to mature in our faith, but that actually empowered us to reach others. See, what's one of the greatest things that happens when our afflictions become a stepping stone or walk with God? Through afflictions, a path can be made to point other people to God. I want to say that again for you today. Through your affliction, a path can be made as you walk out in faith towards God in His comfort and hope and in trust in Him. That will and can end up pointing other people to God. See, often it's our afflictions that allow us to have a greater compassion for other people. They end up becoming a divine stepping stone for us to be able to relate and connect with people in their pain and their suffering with compassion. Blessed. Be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. God did not cause your pain, but he will use it for your good and the good of others. I want to say that again. God did not cause your pain, but as you abide in him, you will have a greater revelation of his goodness and of his presence, and as he brings you through that, it will become a stepping stone for someone else to be able to encounter God. See, many of us are probably aware of the phrase stepping stones, and it's often described as an action or an event that helps a person walk out to a desired outcome or a purpose, and the phrase comes from stepping stones, literally stepping stones in themselves or elevated rocks or pebbles that are in a river or a creek and the whole purpose of the stepping stone is to allow a person to be able to walk from one side of the river to the other. I want to tell you today that as you continue to trust in God, He can use that for you to be able to walk across from your affliction and your pain and your hurting to actually understand a greater revelation of the comfort and the hope and the trust that you can have in Jesus. And guess what? As you walk that out, not only has God gone before you, is he with you, but he's behind you. And as you walk that out, I'm telling you today, God will use what the enemy wants to take you out to become a stepping stone, to take other people out of their hope hopelessness and their pain and their suffering if you would hold on a little bit longer and trust in God reside in his comfort it can become a stepping stone a pathway to point others to God there's a girl who recently shared with Hannah she's from Numa South and she was recently sharing with Hannah her testimony her story and uh, she began to share with Hannah that from last year to this year she began to doubt that life had any purpose. She began to contemplate suicide and was considering taking her own life and during that season of time she reached out to a friend who's a part of our location and that friend invited this individual to come along to church and this year they came along to church and it, she shared with Hannah after coming along to church being welcomed into a loving environment where people genuinely cared about her invested into her supported her she shared with Hannah that she now sees life differently and and she went and even further and she told Hannah, she said, I'm praying that God would reveal his calling for my life. This person went from a place of hopelessness, completely helpless, but through encountering a loving community where we're pointing and directing to the name of Jesus, this person who is considering suicide is now at a point where they're calling out to God, saying, not only does life have purpose, but would you direct me in the calling on my life? And here's the thing. This story in itself is absolutely powerful. But I know the friend that they reached out to. And this friend themselves over the last year has been going through extreme affliction. Through relational breakdown, but they chose to be connected into a covenant family. And it was through the connection at first, but through personal relationship with God. This person began to be comforted by God. And then this friend of theirs reaches out to them, and this person, this individual, and the comfort that God actually brought to them were able to know what to do. When a friend reached out to them in a place of desperation, they said, I know exactly what the answer is. I've walked on this stepping stone path, and it's brought me to God. Hey, why don't you just come with me because I can point to you the answer and the person that is your hope. His name is Jesus Christ. Friend, not only did the afflictions of this individual bring them into a greater revelation that God was for them, but in that place of comfort, there was an urging, a personal stirring that the comfort that they had in God became a walkway, a pathway for them to be able to invite others to come and encounter God. What the devil wants you to see as a place of hopelessness can become one of the greatest testimonies of God's goodness. Now I understand today, many of you are going through points where it seems like you've lost all hope. Others of us are filled with hope. Can I just encourage us, wherever we're at, at this point in this day, can we be reminded of the necessity that we have in God? And whether we're at a place of hope or hopelessness, can we be reminded that the hope that we have is not just for God? us. See, there's other people in our world who need to know what this divine stepping stone leads to, and it's not self-will. It's not self-effort. It is salvation and eternal hope. See, if our hope is based in the things of this world, then we'll seek to find comfort in those things, and we'll trust in those things, but those things will come to pass, and it will leave us at a point of hopelessness. And yet, in God, We can have a confidence that he's with us despite what's happening to us not only can we grow in that revelation in god as we trust and abide in him becoming a divine stepping stone in our maturity and equipping us and the calling he has for us but if we'd be aware of the needs of the people around about us we'd be aware that god has led us on that stepping stone that pathway to him so that we can call out to others hey come because there's a person a man by the name of Jesus, who speaks directly into your heart. See, as we heard today in communion, Jesus took the afflictions for us. He became the ultimate stepping stone for all eternity that we'd be able to have eternal hope. Friend, I wanna ask you today, would you be willing to hang on a little bit longer Where you are right now is not the end of the road. You might see a wall before you, but I want to tell you today, there's someone with you. It's the Spirit of God, and He's knocking on your heart, and He's wondering if you'd actually open that door and allow Him to come in to breathe life into your situation. See, I'm telling you today, I came to the awareness months after giving my life to God, That I would continue to go through hardships following Jesus just like I did before following Jesus. But the difference is this, I had hope and I had peace and I had comfort that wasn't found in a substance, a person or a possession. It was found in the only person that can give us eternal hope and comfort in his name is Jesus. Don't you dare give up. You have a father that loves you. He's created you to be in relationship with you. You might feel like you're all alone right now. I pray and declare right now that you would encounter the manifest presence of God, that His presence would bring a revelation to you that there is hope. It's in a person. It's in Him. I pray right now that His manifest presence would begin to heal pain and scars and trauma that you have been through. I pray and declare right now that you would know that God is for you because He cares about you, He loves you and He wants you to do life with Him. Thank
0: you for joining us for this message today.